Hey there, welcome to the Sport Kite Podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of sportkite.org, and I wanted to thank you in for tuning in and listening. Also, a big shout out to all of you that have gone over to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite and given us support over the last year or so. I know I met a few of you down at the South Padre Island Kite Festival where we were last weekend, and if you did catch last weekend's or last week's episode, we did it from the road while driving through a Texas ice storm that was about to prevent us from doing one of our absolute favorite events, and that's the South Padre Island Kite Festival indoor program. This one was especially important for us to get to because after 20 years of this festival running, uh, Bill and Susie Doan of BNS Kites there in South Padre have decided that they are retiring and they are no longer going to be running the festival. So it was very, very important for us to get there for this last event. It is an amazing event. Um, We hear some rumors that there may be something similar to it continuing on in the future, and we are so excited to see that happen. If you're not aware of this event, uh, we, there are a handful of the live feed videos that are getting posted over on Fortuna Found. You can find that on their YouTube page. That's also me. So, of course, a self-plug there. You can go check that out either on Facebook or on YouTube. But what is really cool about that event is that every year it has sold out. They sell tickets for people to come and attend, and it sells out every year. There are approximately 20 performances over two hours of all types of indoor flying, dual line, quad line, single line, stacks, you name it, it is there. It is amazing. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. And the people that come and watch it year after year have just become friends and family of all of us performers and flyers. So yeah, go on over and check those out. And for anyone that did listen in on last week's episode, yes, indeed, we arrived safe. We arrived in time and we were able to actually do a handful of interviews while there. So stay tuned because in the next few episodes, we'll probably release a handful of those interviews, including with the new team Kite Life. Really looking forward to that interview. All right. But I wanted to get back to this interview that I recorded when I was at the Treasure Island Kite Festival a few weeks ago that was an absolute joy and I had a lot of fun recording it. It was with Brett and Bolly Brett and Bonnie Voland of Treasure Island, Florida. They're an amazing couple that runs an after-school program that is centered around a kite club. And it's really cool. Right now it's at one middle school and they do a lot of outreach and teaching the kids how to fly dual line kites and how to be good stewards of the sport and how to have great sportsmanship. So I love seeing it. It was really cool. And I kind of just let them tell me about their program. So that interview is what you're going to be hearing now. I hope you find something that you can take away from it. Um, and I would love to hear what you think. I'll be posting their contact information in the show notes, and I'll also be putting it on the website and on the sportkite.org Facebook page. So if you want to reach out to them for further information or you want to support them, they're always looking for help uh, supporting through either kite line, winders, Um, or a handful of other things to help keep the kids kind of going through this program. Uh, Yeah, all that information will be in the show notes, or you can always reach out to us here at info at sportkite.org. We'd love to hear what you think. So yeah, this has been a super long intro. Let's go ahead and get into it. And yeah. All right. uh, So I will let you guys introduce yourselves, and then we will start kind of chatting about what it is that you do. Okay, so. Hello, I'm Brett Volland, and this is my wife, Bonnie Volland, and we run uh, uh, Madeira Beach uh, sport kite team called the Flying Mantis. Mantis? Flying Mantis. That's awesome. the, the school logo is the Manta Race. Oh, okay. And uh, that directly goes into, you guys are actually like a, a school kite team. 
Yes. Right? Uh, just, just with the one school for now, correct? Correct. And we're looking at down the road uh, expanding to other schools. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had positive feedback from other principals that, man, we wish we'd do it. But right now, it's what we do is we do one. Yeah, it's a, it's a time and, and priority yeah. management. It's, yeah. but, but there are plans and there have been discussions with uh, uh, some of the people that sponsor. Like, you know, WinWorks is our primarily sponsor and, and PRISM. You know, mm-hmm. sponsors and helps out with stuff. Not officially, it's like an unofficial type thing. You know, and um, so uh, that's how that kind of started. I mean, we can get in how they got involved with this later. You know, but yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. This is a middle school, so these are mostly like 11, 12 year olds. Okay, uh, just the middle school. Right. So yes, and 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 you've had multiple kids come through this program. This is our ninth year. Oh boy, <laughs> ninth year. And the best thing about it is, like I told the kids yesterday, or I don't know if you saw the end of the speech, whatever. But um, we, they're kite team members for life. Mm. Okay, so we have kids that do go on high school, mm-hmm. and they may not come to our weekly practices or whatever, but they'll come back and show up at the fly and do other things, or uh, they volunteer to help mentor the the. Brand new, new, new kids. Kind of new kids. Yeah. I mean, and uh, that's really rewarding to us as teachers that they give back and fly. And, and it's amazing how how good they are with the kids. And, and you know, not only those kids, but the kiting community in general. Um, you know, a lot of the professional or you know the guys that are on the kite circuit that travel around. I mean, uh, when we showed up nine years ago, it was how well they were embraced the kids. It's like. You know, you look, you look around and the average person's 55 and then I, <laughs> and Bonnie and I show up one year. With a whole bunch of 10-year-olds. With, with 12 kids, I think, was the first one. <laughs> and said, hey, we're here to compete. And it's like, you know, they didn't know what to do with this the first year. And then, um, and it's because of the team that really kind of brought Bonnie and I a lot of recognition and got kite manufacturers interested in what mm-hmm. we were doing. And then, from what I understand, we're probably the only school that has an official kite team. I, I, I can say, uh, you know, spending a lot of time in the sport kite world, you guys are, mm-hmm. um, especially in the states. You're you're currently the only school with yeah. a, with a kite team, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. But the the real focus of it is not so much the team and mm-hmm. the competition, but just to have fun, you know, um, and not take it too seriously and. And yeah. they were, you probably saw, they were just cheering for each other out there like crazy. Yeah. And a lot of the people around got really excited and we started cheering for them. Too. You bring your own so, cheerleading yes. section. It was pretty impressive. They were loud, even mm-hmm. over the music. I think yeah. that Bonnie and I both believe that was one of the first things when we meet with them is it's always about the next person and it's sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. And no matter what score you get, if you, know, you get a score, because sometimes they announce scores, sometimes they don't. It depends on who's the judges at, at the competitions last time. So mm-hmm. um, it's about, you know, it's amazing. you got 11-year-old kids that have only flown kites for a few weeks get in front of maybe a 1,000 people in the center of the field and then flying in front of some of the world's best kite flyers or some of the best kite flyers in the United States and have yeah. them start cheering for them. That's just pretty remarkable to have an 11-year-old and 12-year-old kid do that, you know, and that really makes me proud excited. Absolutely. I, I know one of the, the first things I, I said to you after after watching some of the, your your team compete um, is there was a handful of things that really stood out. Not only that they walked out there uh, and that they owned their space on the field, but the kids that weren't flying at that time were ground crew. So they were already learning the other aspects of competition, that you need ground crew, you might need judges, you need all this other stuff. Uh, But they were also winding up their kites when they were done and they were making sure to clear the field and like all of the simple little procedural things, you know, it's so much more than just, I'm gonna go out and dance around. It's, I am here to present myself to the public. I, everybody is looking at me, I need to, 
hold myself to a standard and it stood out. Every one of your kids did it and it was amazing. To I think that's yeah. just kind of an evolution. Well, and it's also a necessity because we had 17 kids on the team this year and if they weren't winding up their own mm-hmm. things and they weren't responsible for them, it wasn't going to work. So it was a mess. It was a matter yeah. of like sanity for us. Yeah. You know? But it carried over and the parents were also mm-hmm. all mentioned about how responsible they were and the parents would say, can I help you? They're like, no, no, I can do it myself. And they were... Uh, that was important to them too. But yeah, that, so. that that's evolved in the last couple of years. As as you know, eleven years ago, or when I bought Bonnie her first sport kite, you know, we didn't had didn't know anything about a sport. We didn't know anything. There was about any type of competition, mm-hmm. or that you could do some of the things that you could do with a kite. You know, we stopped in one day. We saw the festival flying. Um, I met Mr. Fowler and he told me kites were $95. I said, I'll see you later. You know? and, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I ended up buying her one for Valentine's Day and then we learned how to fly and, or practice and we can mm-hmm. keep it in the air and, and that evolved. And then as we've come to different festivals, we know the two that we do a year, which are here at Treasure Island, um, naturally because it's just close and convenient, that um, the kiting world has embraced us. Yeah. Um, you know, from, you know, you can mention all the net. I could, you know, there's just too many to mention that I don't want to mention and leave somebody out that uh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings that I left something about. But oh, you're on the spot. So the, it's understandable. The, 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 the kiting world, you know, from old AKA presidents from mm-hmm. the Northeast region to Fruitu presidents, mm-hmm. they all came out, gave them pins, congratulated, uh, supported them, and then. Um, as we were going along, we learned about setting up kites because, you know, yeah. I think the first or second time one of our kids did pick up a line set as they were flying, you mm-hmm. know, because they were dragging on the ground. Next thing you know, we got a kite and then we got a mess and then we had delays. So that really has evolved because we've learned more that, than, that we can share with the kids. And I think yes. that's because of the kiting community in a whole has mm-hmm. really, truly embraced us. It's like, you know, and what can I do? I mean, we have... Um, people give our kids kites, you know, that mm-hmm. were flying kites that were not really what, you know, they thought they should be flying or, you know, it, um, and it, it's, you know, it's really pretty rewarding. And, and um, a lot of them have even, you know, they, some of the kids have just, you know, <laughs> I want to learn how to do that, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the kite guys will say, get away from me for a little bit. And the kids are persistent. And then they'll say, okay. And then they kind of adopt them. Yep. And then um, this year we didn't do it because we didn't have enough guys. And I think one year we uh, teamed each one of the um, kids with uh, a Scott Benz and a Scott mm-hmm. Weeder and some of the you know big name kite flyers. Yeah. And they adopted them and then they did a fly together. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, you know, we can only take the kids to a certain point, and that's usually just a little bit above a beginning level, and then it's up to them to to branch to out. use their imagination, be creative, and you know we don't really go much beyond that. It's like get them flying, keep the kite in the air, <laughs> learn how to do this. There's certain things that I know that I'm really good at, and know how to do, or and but you know it's it's more about with us we're the you know, everybody I you know has a kite nickname, like in the Rev Riders, you know, Brett and Bonnie, hey, teach, you know, that's your kite name. <laughs> that's the teach, you know. The teach, I like you, it. You know, and, <laughs> and uh, but we really have to say that it's, you know, Gary and Maggie, Joe, the owner of Windworks, all of them, uh, Curtis, you know, all the people that are involved that, you know, they've been doing this for 50 years. Mm-hmm. have embraced us and yeah. um, super, super encouraged us, I would have to say. I have to say the biggest challenge is is just the expense for parents to say, they say, God, that's a lot of money for a kite because they're yeah. thinking, you know, what they bought for kids. And so, and then, and also the problem with broken hearts. I mean, right. we, do, we do have a lot of lost, lost winders. Yeah. You know, they, they lose... We lost some yesterday, you know, that it's just hard it's hard to maintain all that stuff. And right. so we have had help um, 
Well, getting tri- a start with Grizzly with, Parks, yeah, Windworks. Parks with, and also giving discounts. We got we got the kids the Nexus Kites at, at cost, and that was nice. huge because the parents were, you know, it was uh, a they little nervous. They, 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 yeah. They're yeah. still learning about the sport, but I and think also, a lot of them that got yeah. the discount now are already upgrading right. or after they say <laughs> we're all in. So And Joe gives them a 15% discount for being on the team. Nice. For Windworks. And nice. that, that's really helpful too. And yeah. he's been good with us helping us. Yeah. But it, but that's you know, it's a lot to ask, and we have had some kids that have been on the team that you know we really didn't think we could could afford that mm-hmm. without really being a struggle, and we found a way of you know. Usually, Bonnie and I, they want to be on it. Usually, either we'll buy the kite, or I'll say, "Hey, Joe, we have a problem," and mm-hmm. he'll say, "Okay," it's a, and we'll split it, or he says, "No, I've got one here," and um, when the kids join, there no one if they really want a kite, no one does not ever have a kite by the time they're done with us. So what we do is we allow them to use our kites and try our different ones, try the foils, try the different ones, mm-hmm. see what they like and make sure that they, first of all, we have had a couple of kids that just couldn't do it. I mean, they just, you know, and you don't want to have them spending money on a kite. So right. we let them on a few weeks and when they can fly it by themselves, you know, then we tell them, you know, we tell them about the purchasing it. So um, And we give them a list of choice and it's not... You know, I have several different brands and, mm-hmm. you know, price points that they can pick. It's not, you know, uh, you know, granted, we're, you know, huge fan of Prism because... <laughs> they're, they're very accessible for they're, what you're doing. They, yeah. they, and they're good to us. I mean, mm-hmm. every year they, um, you know, give the kites shirts and hats and um, they're very supportive of the whole idea of what we're trying to accomplish and do. Um but there's other, you know, kite companies, and we have kids that do fly others, and we do have mm-hmm. a few rev flyers, and, um, you know, one of the frustrating things is when we were learning how to fly, we spent hours and hours just trying to untangle our own knots, and so then when we got to be better flyers and learn how to wind them up properly and do it, and we thought, well, we're done with this, and man, and then we started the kite team, and it's like... Yes, we, <laughs> that's, the other thing we do is we tell them, if your lines are tangled, don't attempt to fix them and we'll just bring them home and we'll straighten them out at home because otherwise the parents get like so frustrated with them. Yeah, so then you can have a, a club like, oh, it's a windy, rainy <laughs> day, we're having an untangling party, yeah. everybody uh, come over. And... Or, you know, that, you know, if they're too bad that, you know, at least I know how to cut the lines and re-sleeve them and put yeah. them back on and so then it's not a total loss and, you know, it's a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, most of the time if a parent goes in, I know this has happened twice, Joe's just given the set of lines. Nice. You know? Yeah. And he may mention it to Sandy at Prism, and she'll put some in. I know Prism, since most of the kids this year went to the Nexus. We only had a few Mm -hmm. quantum flyers, but most of them were flying Nexus and took advantage of the deal. And Sandy put together a package of Nexus parts. Nice. And I had some, you know, so I've got some extra rods. And on that particular kite, they seem to lose the lower spreader fitting. But we have a, <laughs> yeah. it, it happens, you know, when they take their carts apart, and, and so I mean, all that little stuff adds up. So if you're not mm-hmm. buying it, or I have it, you know, I probably have in our garage because of those two people uh, a parts supply list that might put some kite stores to shame. No, so we have an honest. We're running out of space in the garage for some. <laughs> I think the three things, if you would want to start a kite club, that you need to consider mm-hmm. is number one, it needs to be fun for the kids. You know, it can't can't be too serious. It also okay. has to be affordable. Yes. And now I forgot the third one. But, <laughs> but oh, and I, and I think having two of us has really helped. If you're out there by yourself, you know, you have to have some. And if we have the kids coming back and helping. Then they're not standing around. You can't have ten kids waiting, and you have to have. And you have those days that there's no wind. You have to have something else planned. So we have those big bowls, and we'll mm-hmm. have the kids have races with them and put them on their shirts, and we'll have bubbles, yeah. and we'll have. Yeah, the first, else first bubble day was a disaster because yeah. the mix didn't, didn't work good, and so that, <laughs> that lasted about two minutes of keeping their. Uh, yeah, know, they are middle school kids, and their attention span is about that of a yeah. gnat most of the time. Yeah, so. You know, and and they want to fly. So. Yes. They need to be busy, and you need to have enough people that. I mean, we. I get in like, you know, 
a couple of miles every time we have kite club because you just run and you're you have to go running. here there in the beginning you know when there's a much wind we actually throw the kites up in the air for mm -hmm. them because it's just too frustrating for them to get them off the ground and that way at least we can get a bunch of kites up in the air but it's really cool the parking lot the parents come by to pick up their kids and they go by the parking I was lot and they see that. They see all the kids. I think that's yeah. one of her questions was earlier. How was you get them? How we get parents interested in, in the kids involved at the school year. Yeah, actually, if, if you kind of want to talk about, like, from start to finish, yeah. like, how does a kid so, get involved? So in usually what I do is um, uh, the, the car line goes all the way around the PE field, and there's 1,500 cars that come and pick up because we have no buses at our school. Mm -hmm. So, like the second or third week, uh, I'll sneak out of class early and, um, you know, because they're waiting in line because there's 1,500 cars. It's a traffic jam if you've been in a small school. So then I start flying with a 75-foot tail. And, That's an eye-catcher. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, you'll have the parents, after, like the second time, it's like, then they start honking. And then, and then I also do morning car duty. So okay. I see every car come by. And then you'll hear, man, that was awesome, you know, that was so cool. And so you get parents interested. And I do that for a few weeks before we actually start the club because there's so much going on at school, you know, paperwork and, and that. And, and then uh, I make a morning announcement and tell them there's how many spots. Uh, they fill out paperwork. Mm -hmm. And I don't turn anybody away. But I really, just because of space and flying, you know, if once we, if we, we like 10 and this year we have 17, and then we have some high school kids that are coming back just to fly. So the, the PE soccer field is limited space, even mm -hmm. though on one end of the field we have open water because the school's on the water. So we basically, okay. it, depending on wind direction, you know, yeah. we're, we're good and we can space them out. But that first couple of weeks after we get them and they start flying, their first flies are, we try to divide them in half. One is ground crew, one's flyer. And then we put them on a clock, switch, ground crew, and then that's how we start teaching them. And then, uh, you know, we have a meeting about parts of the kite, how, mm -hmm. what to look for, how to set up, and then then we go from there. And then after about the fourth week, if we have good wind, this year was bad because every Thursday, <laughs> we, we had 17 kids out there with kites that wanted to fly and there was no wind. So that's when we did bowls or bubbles or... But it was amazing else, that yeah. the kids, like, I was working with these girls, and I'm like, okay, all you're going to do is try and get the kite two feet off the ground and put it back down, which they nice. do. And they would cheer for each other, <laughs> and each other hugs, and run and do high fives and everything. And they did that for an hour with no complaining. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, the, the other interesting thing is we really, you, you can't figure out, like, what kind of kid you want to attract. So to, like, go to a certain club or a certain whatever. Every year, it's a totally different group of kids some years. It's all the popular girls. Another year, it's all of the, you know, it's the athletic kids. Or was, we had a blind, we had a blind boy out of one time. Mm -hmm. boy how to fly. Um, awesome. That was really pretty yeah. awesome. So and he was really, you know, I, the first year it was all nerdy boys, pretty much. Uh, and you just described the whole sport kite community right there. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, but, but, but then, like broad but then, like a whole but then group, you know, a couple girls said, "Hey, I, I th that really looked cool in the tail," and they came in. And then the next year, half the team was like the most popular eighth grade girls in the entire school. Huh. So. And then Sandy from prison was like, man, you got girls? That's never happened yeah, before. Like, you know, we need more of those. We need more girl <laughs> flyers. So then you got pretty girls. Then naturally then you got other type of boys that want to be interested in. But the nerdy boys that were flying with the girls that learned how to fly created a lot of friendships. And, and, and they, are, they are truly friends. They become friends and they help awesome. each other. And, and mm -hmm. And then next year we had a mixture, and, and they're, they're, you know, some of them are just silly, goofy. We had kids that would lay up the one year, one kid would lay on the ground, put his handles on his feet, and fly with his feet. And before you know it, we had every single kid laying on the ground, flying with their feet, and they were pretty amazing at it. This one needs to be fun, you know? Yeah, people are like, yeah. why are you letting him do that? It's like, well, why it's not? making them, yeah. And he was flying really well. They could do spins and everything. And, and, and I. And I had him in class, and he, he just was an interesting character kid. 
But I sent the video to Mark Reed and to Sandy at Prism, and they said, well, we've not really seen that before, but that's just really cool, you know? So, I, you know, we have absolutely no discipline problems or whatever. They usually listen first time. They, they're, they're, they're supportive, you know, it, it, it's... It's fun. It, it really is fun. Yeah. What I look forward to it every year. What every are Thursday. requirements? Uh, none. None? It's none. just we have an open fly on first the First come, first serve. Okay. And like you said, I told you, sorry, I'm just, you know, I've been teaching for 34 years and, and I have a fairly interesting reputation, but, and I'm tough academically, mm-hmm. but... I can't say no to anybody. If they want to learn how to fly, we're going to teach them how to fly. And we thought about doing alternate days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it keeps expanding at the school, that's obviously something we're going to have to do is do alternate days because there's just not enough room on the facility. And then we also do two home events. We invite the teams and families to the beach behind our house. And we had... 45, 50 people, wow. all, their, all their kids, siblings, brothers, and sisters. So it's not just teaching those kids to fly, then it's an outreach because then dads fly, moms fly, even a couple grandfathers have bought, and then they, grandfathers go buy a kite because mm-hmm. now they're hooked for flying on the beach. And then the dads start flying, and they have no real, they, they realize that this isn't really that easy at first. Yeah. And they and then they come and say, "Well, this is harder than what I thought. I thought this was just, you know." And develop a real respect for their kids. That's, that's awesome. That's nice to have that two-way thing that the kids can feel, you know. And then you know that's for yeah. a little family competition between dads and daughters, or sons and um, you know brothers and sisters, and so then it's it's a recruitment tool. Mm-hmm. But I would have to say. Of all the team members, eventually one of the parents gets involved and starts flying. Awesome. You know, and and, and like gets hooked and really yeah, it's like flying. it's like they get all in and and then when they come to the first festival, it's like you know it, it, it's hard to describe. I mean, when you look at that beach and you have a half a mile of uh, big show kites, you have tight you know they have. They had no clue or idea of what the kiting community can really do. Yeah, and then you and, see and, and such a flying together, team flyers and or whatever. And, and, and you know, our goal is the second year we hope that we can do some team flying and tandem mm-hmm. flying with the kids as they get better and and expand. And, and you know, this year we conditions didn't work out so well, but we were the kids wanted to really do a team fly and. They still need a little work, but we're we're close to that. We had like four or five, like Tyler and myself and three of the other ones we can guide and yeah. and Tyler can call and, and tell them what to do and, and you know uh, you know, putting three kites together and four kites together with seventy five foot tails is when you've only been flying for a few months is It's impressive. I, I think pretty pretty darn cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and then sometimes I don't like to fly because I like to watch, mm-hmm. you know, and say Wow, this is, you know. So, but at this age, the one thing that you can't expect is that they're going to stick with it. And we always tell them, yeah. you know, when you get older, it, you know, it's always, you know, if you're the teenage boys, you know, hey, when you're 16, 17, pull your kite out on the beach. And a lot of them I know that we have come back later and they've flown and they, they take kite club in sixth grade, but they don't come back in seventh grade or they don't come back in eighth grade, but we'll see them later on the beach flying. But so, we'll see yeah. some of the, the, like the 16 and 17 year old boys bring out their kite to the beach mm-hmm. and all of a sudden then they realize, now we got back to the girls thing. Yeah. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and, so it needs hey, to be the girls attracting the boys to it. Good yeah. Way, yeah. So. <laughs> but, hey, that's, that's how my partner, you know, that's how we fell in love. And mm-hmm. I, I saw him flying on the beach and I was like, or actually I saw him flying indoors and it was like, well then, <laughs> you know, that's, that's someone to, for me, that was, uh, that was confidence. It was professionalism mm-hmm. and it was performance. And that all came through. Yeah. Right? We fly together 
at least five or six times a week. I mean, we live oh, in I'm a so jealous. We, 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 we live in a nice location, and we both probably have the most photographed hands on the beach because we'll let, not so much since COVID, because mm -hmm. that changed things a great deal, but pre that, anybody that wanted to fly the kite, you know, you'd get a, a, a five-year-old chasing the tail because that's it, and it's like, you try to explain to them that's dangerous, please come behind me in that. Yeah. And they'd start talking, and sure enough, then I'm on my knees, or she's on her knees, and they're in front of us. And there, I, I bet you there's thousands of photographs around the world with Bonnie mm -hmm. and I, with just our hands in the kite, with, you know, guiding and letting them fly, let them feel the pull, or, or, and, and I think we've sent Joe, you know, some good business, because mm -hmm. I think if we get the straps, and they put the straps on their hand, I would say probably 20 to 30% probably go down to Windworks and buy some type of sport kite. Awesome. Well, we have a lot of single line big kites we put up and we've mm -hmm. got the crabs and all those. And we well, put that up and everybody loves it and it yeah. gets people to come over and then they ask questions. So they so. sell the kites, but it, we don't have a lot of big stuff. We have a lot of well, medium, medium stuff. Size, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, medium size. We're not the, nowhere near like these no, guys. No, no, but, but to the tourists on the beach, it looks like something. It's big stuff, mm -hmm. you know? You know, and sometimes we'll have 12, 13 kites up there, you know? You know, big flotel deltas with, yep. a, you know, like an eight or 12 foot whale and a dolphin and, you know, an HQ, one of the big, uh, you know, the new big crab that they came out with mm -hmm. is like a real eye catcher because it's, and then, you know, there's Oh, this, the bouncy crab? Yeah, it's yeah, big, the, you know, yeah. but the new one's big and, yeah. like, everybody wants to come and put their kids in front of that and take pictures and then it leads to another and then if we're flying and, you know, and then sometimes it's like I look out and I wait till, like, almost dark so I can fly and there's no one on the beach so I can just fly for myself. So, yeah, we tried putting the big flow tails up on the, the field where the kids are and like hooking them up to the fence or something and it ended up just being tangled lines as you yeah. know. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea, but um, that didn't work out so well. But but the kids like seeing them too. And we'll do for the, for the whole school, for like the eighth grade graduation and they have a ceremony outside, mm -hmm. we'll fly kites out there. It makes it you know, special to have that. So we try to, with the school, if there's wind, a big you know, event, yeah. if there's a big event and we can do it, we try to put some big kites up and then the kids see, you know, it's another way for the kids to see, you know, kiting can be fun and, and everything, so. Exposure is, yeah. is critical, mm -hmm. and especially when we, we have it kind of everywhere. Plus he's like one of the favorite teachers in the <laughs> school, and so Mr. Baller, if it was someone else doing it, it might be so popular, but every, all the kids just love him, so anything he does, he would, they would want to do too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she's giving me a lot more credit there. Oh, I I knew her. The two of the kids, we had the kids write a bio, and two yes. of them wrote Mr. Vaughn the best. And that this was our favorite history yes. teacher. <laughs> um, so I do have a, a question, since you guys are directly involved with beginners uh, from the very start, and you're kind of introducing them to a learning pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, have there been any, been any lessons learned uh, when it comes to beginners that you think would be helpful for like everyone else to kind of keep in mind, either in bringing in someone brand new or if they are brand new themselves. I mean, other than have fun because it's just yeah, it's, <laughs> I think that they need they need a lot of compliments, encouragement, I mean, encouragement. Okay. Yeah. But I but I also think that it's like. This lesson may not have gone so well, mm -hmm. you know, let's go the next time and maybe we'll have a different approach, different win, and, you know, it's something that, you know, you'll get. It just, uh, some people do have, beginners have a hard time understanding, let the wind be your friend, and yeah. that you're just guiding the stunt kite, you know, and they yes. try to overfly. And, you know, that's when you get the octopus arms or whatever, yeah. and, you know, uh, instead of like, I wish we could just develop a, uh, like a hand you know, cuffs yeah. that well, holds like, you here. I almost looked at, I think that what the Bowflex had the rubber things that you mm -hmm. could put on and, and put a strap on that you could just keep them there for a while, mm -hmm. you know, and eventually you got to learn from there. But if you can stay there 
and keep it from your shoulders to your waist and mm-hmm. and you know you saw yesterday some of them were overflying pulling you know or not pulling enough on the first one or right. not patient enough they get that first one and, and let the wind either take or then try to get another pull to the hips and they overcompensate and and that's a lot of I think that they they really learn a lot more from listening than what people realize. I mean, if you really yeah. talk to them and explain to it, now you tell, you know, and what I tell the kids to do is every time the kite crashes, I say freeze. As soon as the kite crashes, freeze and look and see where your hands are. And it's really a big an awareness for them. Like some, you know, some kids are always flying like this or yes. flying like that. But if, but they don't realize what they're doing until they can look at their themselves and see it. Yeah. Also, I think small, tiny steps like. Who would think that taking the kite two off feet off the ground and, and let it down again would be that exciting? But they really would do that at that age for and that's a long such time. a critical skill. Right. Actually, later on in flight, uh-huh. that that control just two and that feet goes off both for dual line and, and four line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, yesterday absolutely. it was Wendy and I had was test teaching some people, and that was the first thing I did. And I said. First of all, it tells me if you're pulling hard with one, because some people always goes to the right, it always goes to the right. I said, let's just go straight up and straight down, and then you mm-hmm. can see, you know, if you have a tendency to pull harder with one hand or what you're doing. And then the freeze, I think, really helps with a lot of them. And just really talking it through and listening to, plus they're, I think that, first of all, kids, they're not afraid to break it. No. And so they, <laughs> They're much more willing and free, you know, the adults you could see are nervous, but the kids really are willing to to fly with their feet, you yeah. know, and, and, and plus it, it, they're in school, so in school you listen, and I think that also has a big difference, like, and it's, this is their teacher, a lot of them, obviously a lot of the kids that join the, the kite team are kids that he has, and not on the other team. So the, the respect so, is, but, but yes. This, uh-huh. But it's usually 50-50. Okay. Well, I, I mean, that, you know, because the school's a fair large school. There's a school mm-hmm. of 1,500 students. And this year it's But about, they still know you. They're still, uh, that still teacher. They're, they're still, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe a little. But they listen to me just as well, so. And, and, and I agree with you, the, the kid, <laughs> but I think the kids are more relaxed. Like, you know, flying and teaching an adult here on demo field. And if I get behind mm-hmm. them just to hold their, you know, if they're not being successful yeah. on lunch, to hold and just try to guide their hands in that, you can feel... More so with adults, it's like, man, they're just like strangling something or, yeah. or, or mm-hmm. there's that. And I said, you know, I, it's like you're dancing with a pretty girl or, or just <laughs> relax. It's gentle. Let the kite, you know, let the wind fly the kite and you just guide it and, you know, just, but there's this so much with kids you get behind them and usually it's from here and then we're doing a loop right away. And yeah, you almost have to like guide them into being focused because they right. want to be so mm-hmm. out here and test then, all the boundaries, but and, I need you to focus on this and, one, right? right? And <laughs> also we'll sit like, you know, it'll be across from me and then I'll mimic what they're doing with their mm-hmm. arms. So if they're doing this, I'll do this and they'll bring it back in the right, right way. Yes. They don't realize, you just don't realize what you're doing with your hands. So that helps to give them a little bit of a visual then, too. Yeah. A lot of, when you're giving instruction, there's just a lot of different they're all different, you know. Some kids respond differently than others too. Some, so you know, know, pick it up right away, and after ten minutes, they're going back and forth and doing loops, and you know, then the next week they're going across, doing nice straight lines, and learning how to take it out of the wind window and not crash landing, and you know, mm-hmm. landing it on the tips, and and some takes a little bit longer, and it's it's a you know, it's a it's a not give up mentality, I think, and it's. Yeah, it's. I don't uh, think we've not. We had one kid that I didn't think he was. Ever. I didn't think he was ever going to fly, and he came to the festival, and everyone had horrible wind, and he had great wind, and he went first place. And I tell you, it was the best thing. For him. It was like, it was just what he needed, you know. Mm-hmm. It was um, so. We had one kid, uh, large boy. Large, good, like he should have been a linebacker for the New York Giants or somebody. <laughs> and every time I turned around, he wasn't flying the kite. He was flying somebody else's kite or telling them what to do. And he didn't know what to do. And it was more of just a social thing. And he, he hardly ever flew. He just came to the club. He, you know, he bought a nice kite. And he would crash it. Oh, we, we untangled his lines there a lot. And... uh 
But then every time we, you know, it's practice. You know, we got to get ready. The festival's in two weeks, and he'd be someplace else and having fun. You know, right. and I mean, that's what he got out of it. Everyone else, you know, yeah. some people, it's just a social thing, or it's their best friend. The two best friends do it together or whatever. So you take what you get and yeah, you work on it. I, I yeah. like it. It's, it's really creating space for kind of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, I see it in, in another sport that, that I'm involved in that I coach is, is two things is telling people don't compare your blooper reel to my highlight reel right so I show up I know what I'm doing and you're brand new and you come in and you're like I can't do that and I'm mm-hmm. like you've been here for five minutes of course you can't do that that's okay like, yeah. do you, it took me 10 years to get to this point. <laughs> so exactly. it's going to take you some time and, and, and enjoy that. Right. Like, and that's a lot thing, of like, fun. You know, like if they see us crash, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes yeah. it's good to see someone else crash. Exactly. To be good at it. And so um, I always try and laugh every and, and, time I crash so other people feel That's why we start out with the ballet because it was, it's, it's really free and there's, mm-hmm. you know, I can tell the kids. The audience, I mean, there's kite flyers that know what you're doing, but the general audience walking back, they don't know. You're They're happy music, to see you. You're yep. making, you're, 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 <laughs> you're, and, you know, just tune out what's there and fly and listen to your music and, you yeah. know. Yeah, and rather than trying to make up a routine, I said, pick a song that you just like, don't worry about, like, what are you going to fly to it? I said, you know, if there's a, if there's a lyric in it that says, up. Oh, you know, and you can work it in. Like the one boy picked the song "Crazy," and every yes. time it was crazy, he went crazy with the kite. And I said, "Listen, it's like you're dancing. You know, just move your feet in time to the music or whatever, and just listen to it and go with it, as opposed to trying to worry about, you know." Yeah, that's later on down the road. Yeah, 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 that's all later on. We're not trying to create yeah. the first year to any hot trick expert or Brazilian type flying. It's about Flying the kite, yep. You know, and and enjoying the moment and uh, rooting for one another and being part of something. I love you know, it. We've never, you know, and I don't think they feel any pressure from us that they have to do anything or be able to do anything. It's hey, you had a great job today. Did you have fun? You know, and uh, yeah, I saw a ton of smiles um, from every kid that came off that competition. And, and I think they were. They were excited. Uh, a, they... a very reoccurring theme comment that we hear usually at the festival because that's when we really get to meet the parents or we're around the parents for a little long time is um, thank you is one, but it's thank you because my kid wants to go to the beach and fly a kite instead of playing video games at home mm-hmm. and they want to do some other things. and. Um, I think that that's a reoccurring theme from multiple, multiple parents. Yeah, and, say, awesome. and it's something they can do as a family. Mm-hmm. And we had we got a boy and a girl that are twins, and we were at the beach, and the, we saw them down there. We walked down, and um, you know they had the normal twin rivalry that eleven or twelve year olds would have. And we looked yep. over, and the boy who was on the kite team and his sister is was standing behind her, teaching her how to fly. And the parents were awesome. just like. Because <laughs> the, the twins, you know, the mom and dad are really nice and supportive of the school, and they said the twins are going through a rough patch, and I have the twins together in the same class, and I mean I can't have them. On they this. got they got to be at opposite corners. And here they were, mm-hmm. hand yeah. in hand, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Wow, that's. Yeah. Uh, well, I have one last question, um, and that's uh, if. Someone wanted to learn either more about what you guys do, or uh, wanted to contact you, or even help support you through sponsorships or anything like that. What's what's the best way to get a hold of you? Probably my email. Probably Barney's email. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, teach, I'll make sure she, you she's retired. Show notes. Okay, yeah, and she's, stuff like that. she's yeah. retired, and I'm at school, so I'm you know busy from six thirty to two thirty. All right. Um, other than schoolwork is pretty much my main focus, and um, probably her or um, not your school because you won't be there forever. Not, I'm not, not you won't school. This um, <laughs> another way to reach out is through Windworks. Um, okay. Through the the kite shop at the kite store, John's Pass, Perfect. and um, uh, Joe will. Uh, I hate to bother Joe. I mean, I don't want you. 
be better just to go to me right. and not yeah. have to but, worry but, about Joe referring it on because all he's going to do is refer it to us anyway. But so like, <laughs> yeah, when, I'll, I'll make sure we when there's, include your email. When there's, um, like Joe has people come in the store mm-hmm. and they want to learn how to fly a four-line kite and they're on the fence. And, um, or on the fence about buying a dual line and, you know, we're back to the cost thing. And Joe will say, hey, I have a friend. He, you know, does this. He lives close by. Um, if you want, he does, you know, private lessons. And mm-hmm. we charge a little bit of a fee for that. And that money we donate to the kite club. Or that's awesome. when we have, a, like, if we have a person that needs a kite, that's what I use that they money for. They do have for. resources for that. Oh, so, perfect. Um, Joe does refer a lot of people to lessons. Probably... One once a month or two a month, somebody will call and okay. we say this is what the fee is. I tell them where it goes to, and um, actually, some people last year we had met a nice older couple and they came back for multiple lessons, and they paid me a lot more money than what we charged for the lesson. <laughs> but they said, "Here, this is for the kids. It's for the kite club. And, awesome." And you know, I, t- I just tell them that's what it's for, and. and uh, you know, it's to support the habit. It's a, it's a way to have extra funds for the team. That's cool. And, uh, That's really cool. Buy more winders. Yes. <laughs> winders. You need more winders. Yes. <laughs> winders, please. Winders. But Sandy and Mark, or, or, or Mark yeah. did send us a few years ago, uh, you know, four or five different line sets for a couple different mm-hmm. kites. So, cool. And, and the kids do learn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, they you always... Know, Last practice, we had them up all over the place, but it was, you know, when we got through a whole practice, everybody was flying. Bonnie says, we haven't lost a winder yet, haven't lost a cell phone yet on the field. And, you know, we got 10 minutes to go, and sure enough, we had a, a wrap, and we spent an hour untangling lines before we got there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, awesome. Thank you to both of you so much. You guys are really an asset. And to, thank you for caring about our yeah. caring about oh, our club. So. Hey, like you said, uh, my my personal interest, other than uh, seeing more kids come into it, is uh, you had about 50-50 boys and girls, and we definitely need more lady kite players. Yeah. So I got really excited to, to see them out there. Well, actually, I think... If they all came, because Jaden didn't come. We have more girls than I think boys. this year we have oh, more wow. girls overall than boys. Wow. And then, uh, back to the other one, uh, after we start flying, and now we're flying as the car line goes, mm-hmm. then how do we join? So sometimes, you know, we do have like three or four of a waiting list, and we're just too busy getting ready for this, that as soon as we start semester, we'll bring them on. Awesome. You know, that they... But it's not like I didn't tonight. I just said I don't need. Or, can't handle it. I, I, yeah. said I can't handle any more on the field. Seventeen but see, is. But yeah. now you know. Now most of these kids can fly. They get their kite up in the air. Mm-hmm. They get more time because now they know how to set up, and they rush out there because there's certain spots on the field that are definitely better wind. So there's like a race to get their kite up <laughs> and with their lines in line so they get the best spot. You nice. know and. They trade. So they, 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 this year is just a really special group of kids. They've all been really good, but this year is especially that they play not so nice in the sandbox together and help each other. And we really saw that yesterday. About, I, I mean, I had a, a, I was in front on the field, you know, rooting for my kids, like you know, some type of special football coach or whatever. And I was standing in front of the parents, and I tried to move to get away so the parents could see because they're sitting in the chairs and. They were screaming so loud. I said, "Man, you're giving me a headache." <laughs> <laughs> but they, you know, I said, and then other people started screaming, and yep. when they hear the name, somebody else, and and all the people that we didn't meet from yesterday, like the kite team that came from the East Coast, the, mm-hmm. and you know, they want to fly. You know, they don't, and no one complained. No, nope. you know, we we've had some people complain about the kids were taking up too much time. Nah, don't and, worry and, about and, it. <laughs> and, and that's with Joe and some of the other ones, but and I get it. But you know, before, like, this is the first year, before we had the kids out, they gave them time to go online, to go out there and 
figure out where the wind was, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't know how long you do that. It took way too long, and so this okay. time it was just you just go out there and you fly, and then you're gonna better. figure it out. It was better for them anyway. But, but was... a lot of the kids did. You could see they spent the first minute or so going back, freaking out, and then they got a little confidence, and then they. But they that was fly. also you know, part of the plan is to streamline it because, you know. You have parents that are, have other obligations. You have baseball, you have football games, and you know other siblings. And so we'd have to streamline it so that they could do other family events that our kids wouldn't lose out. And you know, for some one year we had some that were kind of okay. When are they gone? And and the the kiting community here looks at the wind conditions and always tried to give the kids the best opportunity to be successful with wind. Mm -hmm. So if there was light wind, they didn't really want to start them, and everybody had their fingers crossed that we'd get a sea breeze, and we'd start later, and then, then you do but the, they have to be here, so right. I mean, and the parents get a little frustrated or on the time, but... This is the first year that we could fly as soon as they got there. So they hadn't wandered away, they hadn't started playing That's with perfect. the sand or whatever yeah. they are doing. So that, you know, that was just luck. Yeah. But, um... It was awesome. If you can do that, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> the wind cooperates. If you can figure out how to get the wind to cooperate, that's, that's the, the whole thing would be easier. But. That's the hugest thing. <laughs> but the, the parents are all real supportive. They left yesterday. I think all of them had happy smiles. There was no sad faces. There was no, you know, uh, that was really the best thing that I liked about everything. And, and you know, it's, it's just nice to get a hug. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, again, a big, big thank you to Brett and Bonnie Volan for that interview. We will include the information on how you can reach out to them, either for more questions, answers, or to send them some support. We'll include that in the show notes and also on the sportkite.org website and on the Facebook page. Uh, yeah, so much love to them. I felt so inspired after talking with them and I'm really looking forward to just kind of seeing where they're going and maybe how I can recreate something like that in my area and help those of you that also want to do something like that. So if you have any suggestions, thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and send a message over to it, info at sportkite.org. Love to hear what you think. And until next time, let's go out and let's get some flying in before that next podcast episode drops. All right. Bye.